Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Senio. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. DLF family of podcasts, that's James the Brain. Which one of you guys said that I was ranked too high on the podcasters list? That's Sam Stompy Lane. So, NASA has told us that the Earth is round, but that's not true. What in the world? I am John. Someone's been eating my rankings, Hogan. This is a super flex. Super Show! The new Superflex ADP is live on DLF, and we're going to analyze that by recreating an all-time classic fairy tale. You all know the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, we're going Goldie Flex, and the th- I guess we're the Three Bears, boys. Um, we, uh, we'll uh, we'll remo- remove any kind of sexual or or otherwise romantic connotations from that and uh we're we're gonna be the three bears as we analyze the adp and go round by round and determine where the mock drafts got it right where they were too high where they were too low and where they were just right so that's gonna be the uh the agenda for tonight boys and uh we might as well just jump right in with round uh, before, one. before we do that, guys, I, I missed Uh-oh. you last week. Last week, I missed you. I didn't get to get to podcast with you, gentlemen. How's it going? How you guys been? Yeah, we're good, man. Um, thanks. Who are you, why are you speaking for me? Don't say we're good. <laughs> yeah, are you guys like somewhere holding hands at this point? Like, is this 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 was a John speaks for both of us type thing? Always. No, Always. Now we're now we're getting into those connotations we're talking about. Just well, so, it, just so we're clear, I I speak for you guys. I think for you guys. That's uh, just that's that's just what it is to be the super flex dude on the super flex. Oh my show. god, Stompy! Oh, as right. soon as someone else comes comes calling, he's going to be hosting another podcast without <laughs> us. He just yeah, that's that's how he is. So you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. Let's just jump into the data. I'm I'm sorry I asked. My goodness. Ugh. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, you, you missed last week because you were busy pod uh, hosting a podcast and, uh, auditioning for my job. And, uh, I mean, if we're being honest, did quite well at it. Well, I, I appreciate it. You got some big shoes to fill and I don't, I don't envy you. That was a lot of work. And, uh, and I don't, I don't know that I'm game for all that all the time, but Hey, once in a while it was fun. And at least it was a special episode of the Superflex super show. I wouldn't go on and host another episode of another podcast. Like, like somebody else. <laughs> Are we still I, on this? Like, yes, it is like my goodness, you have no idea the, the amount of, uh, yeah, the amount of he- mental health, uh, that this has caused me stress that it has caused me and, <laughs> out, out. And, look at what you have done here yeah yeah james I, is having a breakdown 
I think yeah. I got to contact those guys and see if I could just become a permanent on there. So that way I can maybe feel a little <laughs> bit better, you know, but really that, that was an awesome podcast. I learned a lot from uh, you four on there. So, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. The rookie stuff was awesome. It's a, it's a great start. And we've, we've got the NFL combine starting. I, I mean, I believe tomorrow. Right. And it, it I mean, it's mainly going to be this weekend, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of checking in and weighing in and everything. Yeah, yeah, they're going to start reporting tomorrow, so you're going to start hearing about hand sizes and uh, and height and weight and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's an exciting time, and we'll be doing another one of those next week. So I'm I'm excited about, uh, about seeing uh, kind of how everyone feels post-combine about some of these guys. But um, but that's for next week, guys. We got, we got some big stuff going on for this podcast. I'm excited to jump into this. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. There's so much going on right now. So, it, you know, the, the rookies are definitely going to be a major topic for the next few months. And so, you know, James is going to keep up with them and uh, we're going to enlist the help of some of our super flex, super friends around the community and to, to keep up with the rookies and, you know, pre-combine, post-combine pre-draft post-draft we're, we're gonna stay on top of that but at the same time we've got plenty going on otherwise with players who are already on teams we've got free agency coming up very soon and uh, we're gonna have to stay on top of that as well but right now like i said we we just ran four mock drafts for dynastyleaguefootball.com and uh make sure that you're uh first of all following me i mean follow all all of us plus the show um, but I'll uh, I'll run four more mock drafts, four or five more mock drafts in March, and uh, it's a great way to get a head start on startup drafts for your superflex leagues. But in the meantime, that uh, those February mock drafts that compiled our consensus ADP that's available at DLF, nice, and, and we're going to analyze it right here today with a game that we're going to call Goldie Flex. And uh, like I said, we're looking for the players who are too high, the players who are too low, and the players who are just right in our Superflex ADP. So let's jump in with round one. And Stompy, you're going to be, uh, I believe, Papa Bear um, talking about. Yeah, uh, I call the big bear. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna Take rotate through you these. Want from that. <laughs> we're gonna rotate through these because I cannot be baby bear for this entire episode. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. But uh yeah, for round one, Stompy, your papa bear, we're looking for a player who to you is too high in our February Superflex ADP. So I mean, really when we're talking about this. In the first round, it's kind of tough to like be really off on players, mm-hmm. but um, I guess for me and my personal rankings, I think Ezekiel Elliott going at the 1.02, especially in a super flex, is wrong. Um, first and foremost, I don't think he is the second best running back in the league. I, of course, you guys have heard me talk about Alvin Kamara being the second best, in my opinion, but also. I don't think that he should be the second person off the board at all. Patrick Mahomes to me should be first person off the board. Obviously Saquon Berkeley, Saquon Barkley is first off of the board. Um, So I think he's high in that 
uh, way too. So I think he's too high in terms of running backs and he's too high overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree on. Yeah, I, th- I agree on both counts. I think, I mean, I've, I've still got Todd Gurley as my number two running back followed by McCaffrey Kamara, those guys all ahead of Elliot. And then, I mean, listen, we won't even talk about where I've got him ranked overall, but, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I even just for the running back position, I agree with you there. What do you think, James? I've got Zeke as my second running back, but at, it, it, he's he shouldn't be going at the 1.02 in a super flex. There's just no way, um, in my opinion, there's a clear cut number two. I'm not going to get too far into that because, uh, well, I'm going to get start getting into that very soon uh, when when I'm up here. So um, I'll just say that I, I agree that he shouldn't be the 1.02. Well, then let's hear let's hear yours. You've got the uh, the player who's too low. Um, so let's uh, let's hear what Mama Bear says. Yeah, yeah, Mama Bear in round one, the player who is too low. This this porridge is too cold, and this cold porridge is because Patrick Mahomes is number four, um, and, and at the one point oh four is where he'd be going in uh, in in twelve team mocks, and and there's no way Patrick Mahomes needs to be one or two. Um, I have him ranked at two. I would have no problem with him going at one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Saquon Barkley should be the top two picks in whatever order you want, in my opinion. Um, and that should be a slam dunk. And I, I've participated in several mocks and I have not seen Patrick Mahomes go at four or any lower than, than three. Um, so I'm shocked that his ADP is at four behind a bunch of running backs. There's four, there's three running backs before Mahomes goes off the board at four. I, no way. I, I, I don't see it. Um, that is way too low. That is some cold porridge right there, John. Yeah, in between the four mocks, he did not go earlier than three. He went third overall in the first two and fifth overall in the second two. That's wow. uh, yeah, that's that's. Kind oh of no, baby, right. what is you doing? Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Like, look, seriously, he two third. He went third and two and fifth, fifth and two. Yep. <sighs> People, what are you doing? This is super flex. Yep. Yeah. But it looks like uh, Kamara, uh, McCaffrey, Elliott all went ahead of him. Um, Gurley went ahead of him in one. So, yeah, it was uh, – yeah. It, it, it was that, that's crazy to me because he outscored the next best quarterback by 74 points last season. He outscored the first overall pick in Saquon Barkley by over 100 points last season. Yeah, uh, it's insane. And the bias that most people have is he's too old. Well, this guy is so young. Well, oh, the offense that he's in, you know, uh, the offense he's in is great. The supporting cast is going to be there a while. There's no reason for Mahomes not to be one of the top two options, in my opinion. And for a quarterback not to go until four in a super flex is insane with three running backs going out of him. That is some cold porridge right there. Well, and let's say there is some fear of regression, and I get it. But mm-hmm. let's say he does regress, like even 20%. Now you're just talking about a 4,000-yard, 40-touchdown season, which still leads the league and among quarterbacks. Yeah. So it's not and like – still player one overall. Yeah, and, and I, don't even, I don't even know if this was his ceiling last season. Like he's only 23 years old. He could get better. I mean, we 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 know peaks for quarterbacks are around 28 to 32, 33. Mm-hmm. Like yep. he could get better over time. And 
for him to put up a 5,000 yard, 50 touchdown season at the age of 23, like there should be no, no argument whatsoever that he's not a top two on it. I mean, he's my 1.01 in super flex, but he's not a top two pick in startups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like James said, I, this, this offense isn't going to, you know, there's, there's no reason to believe that this, that this offense as a whole is going to regress. And in fact, I mean, this is why I always hammer on the fact that NFL teams should be prioritizing the quarterback position. If you're in a quote unquote rebuild, our team stompy, the, the Denver Broncos should be looking for a quarterback in a draft because this is the position that that puts you in. They don't have to give Pat Mahomes that mega contract for another two years. In the meantime, they get to throw that money at, at wide receivers I mean, they've been they, they they could potentially make a run. I don't think that they will, but they could make a run at either Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell if they really wanted to. Not to mention the fact that now Sammy Watkins has been there for an entire year. His main concern has been health more than anything, but we've seen what he can do when he's fully healthy and when he's comfortable with the playbook. I mean, this there 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 should be some regression for Pat Mahomes. But that's only that's only based on historical data. That's all that is. There's nothing in his actual situation that leads us to believe that there's any kind of regression coming. Mm-hmm. That yeah. being said, he's quarterback too. But oh, uh, just here we go again. <laughs> uh, all right, <laughs> but, Even quarterback uh, two, John should be ahead of the the fourth overall spot, though. You'll agree with that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he should be second overall and third overall should be my number three quarterback, Andrew Luck. But the 1.01 should be Aaron Rodgers. And that brings us to the player who I actually think is just right in this ADP. Aaron Rodgers, top wide receiver, Devontae Adams. He's at number nine, 1.09 in the first round. And I, I, I actually have him ranked just a couple spots ahead of that in my overall rankings. Uh, so my bigger, I guess the bigger point is where he's at in, you know, in relation to the other wide receivers is the part that I'm good with right now. He's, he's actually the number two wide receiver. Um, I've got him as the number four behind Odell Beckham, but you know, the, this is the range where the number four wide receiver really should fall. It should, you know, after those first three quarterbacks and then you start seeing, uh, you know, Hopkins and Beckham and Michael Thomas go off the board, then, you know, that's right around where Devontae Adams should go off and, you know, maybe even a couple quarterbacks in between. But so Devontae Adams at number nine, that's that's about right for me. Um, I don't like the path that we took to get to that, but I'm I'm good with his ADP just in a vacuum. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, he's my wide receiver too, as of now, um, or going into the 2019 season. But yeah, I mean, I I think I agree with everybody ahead of him. Uh, so. I'm. I think this is about right. I mean, you're probably looking at 1.09 to 1.11 in in most startups, um, and I, I think that's about perfect for uh, Adams. 
Yeah, I, I definitely like Adams. I mean, I, I think this is about right too. Um, I, uh, I agree that, you know, I mean, he's going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one target. Um, you know, he's built that uh, rapport with them, even if they, even if, you know, I, I, I think there's a very good chance that the Packers bring in another wide receiver, whether it's via free agency or the draft, but either way, I don't think it's going to affect, um, it's going to affect Devontae Adams, you know, very much just because he's already got that repertoire with him, um, with, with Rogers. Um, he's built that up in my rankings. Devontae Adams is number nine. So, um, I definitely can't, can't disagree with where I have him, you know, in the rankings of where he's going is number nine. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm totally on board with it. I think you nailed that, John. All right, well, let's go to round two then. And this time James is on the player who's too high in round two. Yeah, the player that is too high, I'm passionate about this one. It's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield at 22 overall. He'd be the 2.09 pick in a in a Dynasty Superflex startup. Dude, there is no way Baker Mayfield should be that high. He's going ahead of guys like Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, to name a few. Uh, Cam Newton. There's no, no way. Baker Mayfield had a nice little resume. He looked good. He looked the part. But you are buying him at his absolute ceiling if you are buying him there. And I don't even know if his ceiling is that high just because – I mean, there are some established guys that are going to be doing this at a high level for a long time, ranked below him. Russell Wilson, this guy is a proven playmaker. He's heading into his, you know, his his uh, really where his he should start hitting his ceiling. I don't even think we've seen that yet from Russell Wilson. Baker Mayfield's going ahead of him uh, almost by a full round. I mean, it, it's it's staggering to see how high Baker Mayfield is. He is too high. Baker Mayfield woke up and he was feeling dangerous. Well, he is dangerous. He's dangerous porridge. This porridge is too hot, John. It's going to burn your mouth. Baker Mayfield's going to burn you if you take him that high. What do you think, Snoppy? You think yeah. that's right? high pepper in it mixed with pepper flakes? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, yeah, I, I think we all, all three of us have established Baker Mayfield. The hype is way too real right now. Um, I heard our guest from last week, Shane Manila, say that Baker Mayfield is like, I believe, number two QB in Superflex rankings. I <laughs> I almost called him out on Twitter for that. Now I'm calling him out on the podcast, but <laughs> gotta um, wait till he's not here to defend himself. That's yeah, the only way. To but do. that's crazy to me. So uh, yeah. I, I think James hit it, hit the nail on the head. I mean, you have guys behind him in uh, Russ and Cam or in, in Wentz and Cam. Um, there's probably a couple guys even behind that that I would take Dak even. I mean, Dak has finished as a top 10 or top 12 QB at three straight seasons. Baker Mayfield did not finish there. Uh, he was the um, QB 15 in points per game last season. So it's not – it's – I get the excitement. And and mind you, this is coming from a Cleveland Browns fan and James. So – Yeah, but he hates Baker Mayfield. So well, all right. you do have to take it with a little <laughs> I, bit of a grain of salt. I but, did. Uh, I did. <laughs> yeah. I, but regardless, the point is that the hype is too real here. Yes, he yep. – he, I think he uh, – broke the record for rookie touchdowns, which is great. And he led the Browns to a relatively successful season, but there are so many guys ahead of him that I would rather have. And for him to go in the second round ahead of those guys is wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely agreed. And in fact, his ADP is going up here. He was number he was quarterback seven in January. He's up to quarterback five right now. Like, wow. what is he doing here in the offseason that's that's got this rocket jammed up his butt to where he's shooting up in people's in people's rankings and in, in the overall ADP? I, I don't understand it. It's it, how is he rising above, you know, the Russell Wilsons and Carson Wentz's and Jared Goff's of the world? Yeah, it's it's a little insane, especially when you consider I think Kareem Hunt signing there has had a negative impact on guys like Nick Chubb. But wouldn't you think that that commitment that the Browns are showing to the run game should have kind of a negative negative impact on Baker Mayfield? I mean, maybe not anything drastic, but I don't think his value goes up in my eyes when I see the fact that they have two running backs that when they're both on the field or when they both can play, you know, can can really kind of carry the, the workload there. I mean, you know, in, in the later months when the weather gets bad, I mean, that that you know, you could see 30, 35 carries just for those two guys. So I don't know that Baker should be going up. I, I guess I don't know he should be going down, but you're right. I mean, the offseason narrative I don't think has really helped Baker, but it seems like people are still buying them or buying them even even higher. And I'm I'm not I'm a little confused as why too. Not to mention that his pass catchers aren't the best in the league by any means. I mean, Landry being your wide receiver one, I like Najoku. Um, Duke Johnson's fine as a pass catching running back, but it's nothing that you're going to write home about. So yeah, I, the only, the only thing I can think is having Freddie kitchens as his head coach now, and then Addie Todd Monken as his offensive coordinator. But even then, like I, he had Freddie kitchens most of last season. So I, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And, and I, I don't really see, you know, uh, I don't see any help coming either on the offensive side necessarily. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a strong wide receiver class in the rookie draft. It's extremely weak uh, in the free agent class. And, you know, if you do get a rookie wide receiver and even if you spend a little draft capital to get them, it's, you know, it, it, we're still a couple years away from, from that really turning into anything. So I, I think that this is just a FOMO thing. I think that people are just worried about getting in on Baker Mayfield while he's 23 years old and, uh, it, you know, buying buying low. The problem is it's not low anymore. This year, you, you have to draft him way too early to get him. I don't think it's worth it. So a guy, though, who to me is too low, Odo Beckham Jr., he's going to the, is the second overall pick in – the second round, uh, 14th overall, wide receiver five. And all of that I have a problem with. To me, he's an early first-round pick. He's still the wide receiver two. Nothing has changed there. There's no way I'm putting you know, Juju Smith-Schuster ahead of him, for instance, at this point. I, I think that that day is probably coming, but we're not there yet. As much as I love Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, I think those guys are maxed out, and I do not. I, I don't think that we've hit the ceiling with Odell Beckham Jr. He's still my wide receiver, too, and the fact that he fell all the way to the early second round, is it's a little bit of a travesty to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll agree. I, I, Odell Beckham, in my rankings, is my wide receiver four. But that being said, he is number 10 overall in my rankings. So 
for him to go in the second round, um, you know, at number 14, it's a tad low. Um, I, I think I, I, the only reason why, in my opinion, he moved down my rankings a little was just because of the injuries. I mean, I, I, when, when it's starting to become a trend that you can't count on him late in the year because he's just not suiting up, it, you know, it, it's, it hasn't happened once. It's happened multiple times. And so it's a growing concern for me. Um, so I had to move him down a little. Um, but he should still be a first-round pick, in my opinion. I think the talent is there. If he plays a full 16 games, he's he, you know he's almost a lock to be a, a top-five wide receiver, in my opinion. Even with Eli Manning throwing him the ball, if that quarterback situation gets any better, which, I mean, no offense to Eli, but over the past few years, it, it would be hard-pressed to get too much worse. Um, I think Beckham could be even better. So uh, I agree with you, John. I think overall his ranking is a little low, and I'd like to see him a little higher, at least be at the end of the first round for me. OBJ is my wide receiver three. I mean, he dropped a little bit because there are a couple of injury concerns over the last two seasons. But the, the funny thing for me is that he's only 26. He's had four uh, 100 or 1,000 yard seasons out of five. The fifth one, obviously, being he lost, he was injured after the first or after four games. But he had 1,000 yards last season in 12 games. And he's doing this all with relatively poor quarterback play. And that's something that we use to argue for um, DeAndre Hopkins is that he's kind of quarterback proof. Well, is Odell not quarterback proof as well? Meanwhile, and, and this is – I love Juju, but Juju should not be going ahead of Odell Beckham Jr., Neither should Tyreek in my mind, but that's because I have consistency issues with him. But we haven't seen Juju Smith-Schuster be the wide receiver one, nor have we seen him really without Ben. So we don't know exactly what his future holds. But with Odell, we know that he can perform with a poor quarterback situation. He just needs to stay healthy. And he does not belong outside of the first round. Beautiful man. So far, we're in agreement on all of these. That's uh, feels a little weird, but um, we'll we'll see if this continues. So, some guys who are just right for you, Stompy. Yeah, Stompy. What do you got? Uh, I, I'm gonna. I, I kind of paired these two up, but I went with uh, Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb. Uh, they're going in the middle of the second round, and I think that's about right in comparison to the rest of the running backs, and really the guys after them. Um, both of those guys, I trust a decent amount. They are definitely seven and eight in my running back rankings after those, that top five and the Melvin Gordon. And I think this is about where they should be going. I mean, I think Dejon Watson, my QB four uh, should be going before them. I think Mike Evans, uh, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster should be going before them. And then the guys behind them, Dalvin Cook, Baker Mayfield, which is still pretty gross, Antonio Brown, David Johnson. So, yeah, I, I really like where these guys are going in the, in the middle of the second. I'm a little bit higher on Nick Chubb. Um, I took him in the first uh, round of a startup that we're in. But even then, like, I know most people aren't going to be that high on him. So, uh, I, I really like where they're going here in the second. I, I, I'm looking at my rankings right now. I've got Joe Mixon at 40th overall, and I think I need to adjust that. I think he needs to come up, but I don't think. Yeah, but you are a running back. Gonna, hater. 
I hate running backs. Yes, that's, that's true. And I don't think that he's going to make it into the second round, even if I did a rankings adjustment. Nick Chubb, on the other hand, is uh, he's 22nd overall for me. So I'm a little lower than than what the consensus has him. But I mean, that that one, absolutely, he can attribute to just how I feel about running backs. Okay, talk to me about Joe Mixon and what makes you not like Joe Mixon. I haven't seen anything that separates him from, you know, carry on Johnson, for instance, to me. They're they're kind of the same guy. And and I would gladly wait, sit back and wait to get carry on Johnson. And if that's the case, then I mean Joe Mixon drops in my rankings and and gets a little bit closer to carry on Johnson territory. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'll go ahead and weigh in here because uh, I think this will this will be fun. No. Um, I also have Nick Chubb as 22 in my rankings, which uh, is is coincides with John, um, and I, I'm totally fine with him being around 2021. I mean, that's right, right, pretty much where I where I've got him. Um, I I really like his ceiling. I like the fact that he's going to be part of an up and coming offense, and so I I think I think I'm I'm totally fine with him being there. Joe Mixon, on the other hand, I have at 34. And uh, so John and I are kind of in in, uh, in agreement here with our rankings as far as Mixon goes. For me, it's more of uh, is Mixon the back that we saw last year, which, I mean, I think I, I, I saw some pretty good stuff last year. I mean, the guy had over 1,100 rushing yards, eight touchdowns, added a bunch of you know, almost 300 receiving yards and a, and a receiving touchdown. I feel like on that offense, with it being as poor as it was, uh, he performed pretty well. But man, I really wanted to see more his rookie year. And I didn't see that um, as part of that offense. And so I'm just wondering which Joe Mixon we're going to get, not to mention the fact that I don't know what's going to happen in Cincinnati. I don't know what kind of system they're going to be running. I mean, I, there's a lot of question marks going on there. And that to me is growing concern moving forward with Mixon. I don't have those same concerns with Chubb. Looks like he's going to be in the same system. The offensive coordinator, um, you know, Kitchen's going to be the head coach. I don't really have to worry too much about him getting, you know, getting used to new, uh, a new system, new coaching staff, anything like that, that I have to worry about with Mixon. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit more concerned. There, there's, it's not that I don't like Mixon. I really do. Um, but there's there's concern there for me that this year might not be, uh, you know, his his best season just because of those concerns that I have. So um, I'm on board with, with Chubb for sure. I don't know that I am with Mixon, but um, I could see him returning that kind of value. I'll, I'll put it that way. So I could see where someone would take him around 2021 and him him being around there at the end of the year. So I, I guess here's my question with your concern is that so we have Zach Taylor coming in who is coming from an offensive scheme that uses the running back, especially in the passing game, and uses the running back a lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, yes, Gio Bernard still exists and he actually might be a free agent this year. I would have to look that up or it's next year. But mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be any real uh, – threat to his touches i mean he he took or he carried the ball 237 times uh got 55 targets in 14 games so you can definitely see 250 um 60 plus targets next season and i think and and maybe it's just an interpretation of the stats but he was 
in my eyes, the best running back coming out in 2017. He was the most uh, well-rounded running back coming out in 2017. And I think that's what we saw last season. Um, I think that 2017 was kind of the anomaly season. They didn't have a good offense that season. They had a lot better offense this season, but it still wasn't great. But he finally got the touches. And he was also, I mean, Mixon was also competing with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard last season in touches. So I I interpreted as 2018 is the real Joe Mixon, and that's not even his ceiling, is that he can actually be better. And thus he is my RB7-8 uh, somewhere around there. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think it's a fair assessment. Honestly, Stompy, I do. I, I liked Mixon coming out in 17. I, I guess my thing is, is you know, we saw we saw Boyd take a step forward, um, you know, with a healthy A.J. Green. And I think we all kind of figure Cincinnati probably has to address the tight end position sooner rather than later. I mean, Tyler Eifert's gone. Um, Croft didn't really amount to much, um, you know, and uh, he was kind of passed up on the depth chart. And I, I just see them trying to fix that. And with a healthy AJ green, assuming he's healthy and with Boyd, you know, demanding more targets, I just wonder what that does to Mixon's touches, um, I guess is my thing. And I don't think Cincinnati is close to being a competitive team. So I don't know where, you know, if, if in garbage time, I mean, ho- hopefully that those reception totals go up because I don't know that he's going to, to be able to, to maintain a high carry total if they're not, you know, competitive in some of these games. So I, I, I guess I just have some more questions with him than I do with some of the other guys that I have ranked ahead of him. But I think it's totally feasible to, to feel the way that you do and to feel that, you know, what we saw last year, he can build upon that and he can be even better. Um, I, I can see that too. I think there's some risk there though. And that's why I have him a little lower. But I mean, I again, I can totally see where you're coming from and your point on the matter of, you know, you, you think that there's even more there for Mixon potentially. So He's going to be one of those players that I think um, is 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 going to. There's going to be a wide variety of opinions on him, and people are going to value him differently. But he's going to be a guy I'm really excited to see this upcoming season to see who the real Mixon really is. So here's my other problem with Mixon, and it's it's a little bit of a. I mean, okay, I'll admit up front. I'll preface this by saying that yes, I'm always always looking for my next reason to crap on the running backs. I, I fully admit that. But so here's my problem. It, I, to me, this whole running back landscape, I'm starting to see a bubble that's about to pop. I mean, there's there's more talent than there are opportunities. And, I mean, we've got another influx coming. This is supposed to be a down running back class, and we still have a bunch of guys that – that everybody is high on and everybody's, you know, everybody's excited to see them land on NFL rosters. As far as Joe Mixon in particular, I mean, Gio Bernard leaves as a free agent. We know that they're going to have to draft someone, somebody just for depth. And that person could easily be somebody who takes Joe Mixon off of the field. Now I'm not saying that he loses his starting job to somebody, but I think that he loses volume to whoever they bring in just because there, you almost can't help it at this point. You almost can't help but bring in, you know, regardless of where you draft a rookie running back or regardless of who you sign in free agency. And it's even though it's just meant to be bench depth, 
these guys who are available right now are so talented that they're going to command a role regardless of where they end up. And I think that Joe Mixon might be a little bit more vulnerable than, than some of the guys even who are immediately behind him, you know, Dalvin cook and, and James Connor, those guys feel a lot safer to me uh, than, uh, than Joe Mixon would be in an offense that, you know, is just looking for more playmakers and, and looking to overcome deficiencies both on the offensive line and at the quarterback position. So it's, it's kind of a narrative that's been kind of building in my mind for the last couple of years now, but we're getting to a point at the running back position where everybody's going to have an absolute stud and there's still going to be more studs coming. And I, I don't know how you keep some of these guys off the field, you know? Well, then the question with that is, and, we're, and we can move on after this. <laughs> <'Cause> we're, <laughs> totally. we're talking too much about a running back on Superflex podcast. <laughs> Agreed. Um, why why is Joe Mixon more vulnerable in your mind than, say, a Dalvin Cook who has shown to be injury prone or a James Conner who showed, or, or I guess Jalen Samuels directly behind him was very successful? Uh, Dalvin cook is a, is a little tougher to, to justify. Although, I mean, I will say that I think that they're, that the Vikings depth chart is fairly set. I mean, I, they're going to look to replace Latavius Murray, but I mean, I think that you can do that simply by promoting a Mike Boone or a rock Thomas. Meanwhile, and then James Connor, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers just really commit to running backs. They don't, you don't see much of a committee approach from them and and you haven't in a long time. And I think that that's going to hold up. That's why I'm still super high on James Conner. I think that that, that job is his, except for those occasions where he needs to step off the field and drink some water. That's the type, that's what Jalen Samuels is there for. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati on the other hand, I think that, you know, they they tried to find a role for Gio Bernard. They just couldn't do it, but they still, the intent was there. The motivation was there. And now you've got an incomplete depth chart. So that that's my big thing is somebody has to come in. They have to bring in somebody, you know, and whether it's through free agency or the draft or a combination, and they're just going to end up with somebody who needs to be on the field. You know, so these these in a lot of these cases, the depth chart is just already fairly set. So, you know, I don't think that they necessarily have to address the running back position, even at the bottom part of the depth chart. But in Cincinnati, I think they do have to. And I think they're going to end up with somebody who deserves some work. Hey, we can move on. I, I could have this conversation all night with you, but yeah, we have a lot more to go through. We'll have to get to that one uh, at a at a later date, but um, this is this is going to kind of bring out some of our uh, some stuff that we need to come back to. But we'll move on to round three here, and I've got the players who are too high, and I've got three of them for you. Um, I don't necessarily need to need a reaction on all three from you guys. Just kind of if anything stands out, let me know. But so the first two are Stephon Diggs. He's at three hundred two. 26th overall wide receiver 11 and then Amari Cooper 307 31st overall wide receiver 12 
And the, the bigger thing for me is where those guys fall in terms of the other wide receivers. You know, they're, they're going ahead of, uh, you know, AJ green and Adam Thielen, Kenny Galladay. That's the big one for me. Um, I've got Kenny Galladay ranked ahead of both of those guys. And, you know, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, T.Y. Hilton, these are all guys, Cooper Cup to me, these are all guys who should be in the same conversation. I don't know that I would necessarily take, I, I wouldn't take Cooper Cup over Amari Cooper or Stephon Diggs, but I think that they need to, that whole group, that whole tier needs to be a lot more condensed than it is. And I don't think that it's so much of a slam dunk that Stefan Diggs is the best of that group. So my problem, I think they're just fine where they're at in the overall. But when it comes to the wide receivers, I think that those they're both too high. And then Darius Geis is going at 311, 35th overall, running back 13. And I think my problem with him is both among the running backs and overall. That's just that's a little too high in both in both respects. Uh, I think that he needs to be. I mean, he's going ahead of uh, you know some some guys, uh, Sony Michelle, Carry On Johnson, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, and he's coming back from a major knee injury. You know, the it, ACLs aren't necessarily repeatable, but. Our friend Dynasty Outhouse loves to talk about this one, and and it seems to hold up that when you're rehabbing a torn ACL, you kind of tend to overcompensate with the other leg, which leads to hamstring injuries. So I I don't think that Darius Geis is completely out of the woods. Plus, we're you know we're going awfully high on a running back here, who we haven't really seen on the field. He looked good in that first preseason game, but it was preseason game number one when all the running backs look awesome because that's all anybody's doing is running the football against some very soft, very vanilla fronts. I I just don't think that we have nearly enough information on Darius Geis, and the information that we do have probably tells us that we're going to see a little bit more residual injury stuff uh, in uh, 2019 before we get the full effect of Darius guys. Um, I'm actually okay with Diggs where he's at. He was the wide receiver 11 this season. Um, and yes, I understand that Adam Thielen was ahead of him, but I think Adam Thielen's due for a regression. I've talked about it on here, how I don't like Adam Thielen next season in terms of where he's going. And that's because of his fall off in the second half of the season. I think his ceiling from now on is that 2017 season. So I think Diggs is going to take over as the wide receiver one there. And the guys going behind him, I, I don't mind Diggs where he's going. I do agree on Amari Cooper. There are definitely guys behind Cooper that I would rather have, um, like you said, Kenny Galladay, I'm taking uh, ahead of him. Probably Woods, but I'm also a lot higher on Woods. I'm taking T.Y. Hilton as well. Um, so there's definitely a few guys behind him I would rather have. But And, and the other thing is we, we saw, I think, three great games from Amari Cooper 
last season with the Cowboys, and we saw three stinkers. So we need to really figure out who Amari Cooper actually is. I mean, he had he had a 38-point game, a 49.7 game, and they had three less than double-digit games last season with the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I just – he was still the inconsistent Amari Cooper, so we'll see what exactly he is going into the season. But I'd rather not – I'd rather not take him at the perceived peak value there. And then finally on Geis, I, I completely agree. There's there's too many question marks, both injury and what he actually is as a running back in the NFL for me to take him ahead of guys like Sony Michelle, who has shown success, Carrion Johnson, who has shown success, even like Aaron Jones. I'm I'm I, I would say he's probably valued around that same area. Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones showed success at the end of last season as well. So there's definitely too many questions around Geist for him to be going at the end of the third. Yeah, I, I'm going to chime in and just say I, I, I agree with all three of these um, being a little bit too high. Uh, the, Amari Cooper is one of those guys that I, I get in arguments all the time on Twitter about because I, you hate him. Yeah. Because, well, I definitely don't have him valued at, at 31, so I can tell you that. Um, I, I Look, I, I don't care about 1,000 yards. I really don't. I, it's it's an arbitrary number, I, and this is where it always it always ends up. Well, Amari Cooper's had 1,000 yards receiving in, you know, three of his four years. You know, I don't know where you're getting his overrated. I don't care about 1,000 yard. 1,000 yard receiving season, has he ever been a top 12 fantasy wide receiver? The answer is no. Well, then why are we drafting him as a top 12 fantasy wide receiver? I mean, we've seen it for four seasons. He he hasn't he hasn't done it. Why are we thinking that year five is is the year? I mean, at, at this point, we kind of know who Amari Cooper is. At least we should. After four full seasons, we know that he's not a wide receiver one. So he shouldn't be the wide receiver 12. We shouldn't be drafting him as a, as a wide receiver one. So, yeah, to me, that's just totally arbitrary, the 1,000 yards. Um you know, you could just as easily say Amari Cooper's been in the league for four years and it's never eclipsed 1,200 receiving yards in a season. You could easily just, you know, you could just as easily say um, Amari Cooper's been in the league for four seasons and it's never eclipsed eight eight, eight touchdowns in a year. Uh, you know, it, it's just totally arbitrary. So I don't, I don't care about the uh, the amount of yards he's had. It's the fantasy production. What is he doing for me on the on the field as far as in my fantasy lineup goes? And he's not providing wide receiver one numbers. So him being drafted as the wide receiver 12 or as a wide receiver one in a 12 team league, it's too high for me. It's much too high. Um, I would rather have him as a mid to late wide receiver two personally. Uh, I think that's where I would feel comfortable with him. So uh, yeah, I, I, while I agree with guys and digs, Amari Cooper is, uh, is one of those guys that always uh, I'm always going to be lower on than the consensus. I think. Cool. So what do you got for players who are too low stomp? Uh, I think, and, and this is, we've already talked about, uh, about our disagreement about Connor a little bit, but I think Connor's about right here. Um, I really like his situation on the surface, but I've already talked about some of the concerns with guys like Jalen Samuels who had success last season and I can definitely see and I and I completely understand the argument that the Steelers have been more of a one running back type team but I definitely can see Jalen Samuels taking touches away from Connor regardless the 
Steelers tend to use their running backs pretty heavily. And I've already talked about where I, I, I like him as a top 10 back, but not necessarily up uh, just beyond those that elite tier running back. So I think this is about perfect for me after like David Johnson, who we know is going to be a bell cow after Dalvin cook, who we know is going to be a bell cow. And then you have Connor who I don't necessarily trust that he's going to be like a bell cow, like the guys ahead of him, but he's still going to probably get 60 or two thirds uh, of the touches in that backfield. And I think that's more than enough to be a top 10 running back. Yeah, I'll just say I look in my my personal rankings. It's it's difficult for me. I'm going to sound like John here, and I absolutely hate this. I am yeah. the worst. Um, I am going to sound like John here because I'm going to say I in my personal rankings the running backs are pushed down for for where they are in ADP. So apparently, I'm just lower on running backs in general. Um, so I so have. I'm, I'm going to be the guy that has to defend running backs on this show. It's, it's insane. I, yeah. I've never been in this position, so this is totally new to me. So I, I, I don't. I'm. I, what do I do with my hands? I don't. I don't know. Welcome but, to the club. Welcome I, to the good side. Well, I can tell you what. I, he's not much lower. I think he's 35 in my rankings, and he's 29 here. And and I'm okay with it because looking at the running backs that are be, uh, behind him. Um, I'm I'm right there with that, and the running backs that are going ahead of him, I'm right there. So I, I'm fine with where he's going as far as in in you know, in, in the running back tier and the running back section. I think he's going where he should. I just think the running backs in this ADP are a little overvalued for where I have the rankings. I'm just valuing wide receivers a little bit higher than than most and quarterbacks in this in superflex. So um, that to me is where where the difference is. Uh, but. No, I, I I like Joe Mixon. I think you're right. I think he's he's about right in the running backs, at least of of where he should be going, in my opinion. You ready for a plot twist? I have James Conner ranked at 24. So yeah, this is too low. I've got him ahead in overall rankings. I've got him ahead of Julio Jones, ahead of Dalvin Cook, ahead of Baker Mayfield. It, that I I am just that bought in on the combination of the talent and the situation. So. Yeah, did not see that coming, but at James James is sitting here complaining about you know a, being on an island with me on running backs and it turns out he's sitting out there alone. I just I, I, you're both wrong, so it's fine. I'm I'm the running back expert on this show now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll uh, see. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. You're the running back captain, which means you'll be replaced within two years. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Don't you threaten me. With a good time? I won't. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. So you did who, who you're just right on, and that is perfect because that plays right into my hand because the guy who is too low in this third round is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is 36 overall. He's going at the end of the third round. This guy – it, he's aren't you aren't you on the just right side here? I, I am, but you you took you said James Conner was just right for you. So since you stole that, I'm gonna steal who is too low from you. I'm taking it, and you can't do anything about it because I'm talking about a wide receiver and you're a running back. I, I, I screwed up. Yeah, I, I'm the screw up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a running back expert, by so the way. What, so let this man talk wide receivers for a second. <laughs> Kenny Galladay is going too low. Kenny Galladay is on look that. That offense is going to run through him. He is a red zone threat. I expect a step forward for that offense. Kenny Galladay is going to be a stud. This guy is going to be a top 10 wide receiver. I love 
the uh, just the combination of everything, the the combination of situation, um, the fact that he's going to be a wide receiver one, the fact that he has, uh, you know, the physical tools to be successful as a wide receiver one, and the opportunity that's there now. Marvin Jones coming in on the other side, I think it's only going to help him. It's going to free him up a little bit. I expect Detroit to address that offense a little bit, the offensive line, and maybe even the tight end position. We've heard rumors already that Detroit is looking to bring in a tight end, whether that's through free agency or the draft. It doesn't matter. They upgrade their weapons. That's going to be a good thing for Kenny Galladay. I really, really like what I saw from Kenny Galladay last year, and I think this year he takes another step forward. So I think the 312 is too low. I think he should be going higher. What do you think, John? Is is this porridge too cold for you too? Uh, yeah, yeah. Kenny Galladay should be higher. Kenny Galladay is a uh, not only is he wide receiver twelve for me, so the last of the wide receiver ones. He also is an entire tier above uh, the the guys who I mentioned that I think are too high: Stephon Diggs and Amari Cooper. I've got him in the next tier. In fact. With along with James Conner and Julio Jones and Keenan Allen, I, I I would be just as happy with Kenny Galladay as my wide receiver one as I would with Keenan Allen. I, I have a slight preference towards Keenan Allen, but Kenny Galladay, if they were both sitting there and wide receivers had been falling in my draft, I would pass on the position and wait for Kenny Galladay to come back to me rather than taking Keenan Allen. You ready for something a little wild here? Oh, here. no. Here comes the running back guy. What what you oh, got, buddy? He's my wide receiver eight or nine. Oh, wow. Nice. So I'm, I'm taking Galladay above Brown, above Julio, above wow. Diggs probably, and I'm probably taking him around. I think he's probably in the same tier as Keenan Allen. I, would, I might take Allen above him, but I just – Galladay took a step forward this season, and he had a little bit of a lapse in the middle of the season there, I think after Golden Tate was traded. But other than that, like he, he had an awesome season. He had um, eight double-digit games this season out of um, 13 he he produced with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones in the lineup. Um, he just he had an awesome season, even though it was only like Q, RB or wide receiver twenty one. I think with and and mind you, it was in a down season with Stafford. But I think with a bounce back from Stafford, Marvin Jones healthy, carry on Johnson healthy, and hopefully that offensive line gelling after a season. I definitely agree with James that he's going to take another step forward and probably finish as a top 10 wide receiver this season. Oh, I love yeah. it. Baby Bear is happy with Papa Bear and Mama Bear right now. <laughs> I can tell you guys that. That was, that was an interesting one. I, James used to be kind of the, the flag bearer on the, the Kenny Galladay hot takes. And uh, we just we just kept turning up the burner a little bit more with each one. So this is obviously a Kenny Galladay podcast. So that's yes. uh, that that's uh, that's pretty interesting. All right. So we're going to just in order to speed things up a little bit and kind of condense this a little bit. We're going to combine rounds four five and six for this next uh, this next round. So uh, we're going to go back to you, Stompy, with players that you're too high on. Uh, from rounds four through six. 
So for my fourth round, uh, it's Jameis Winston. I'd rather have a few quarterbacks behind him. Uh, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, probably Mitch Trubisky. Um, my guy, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you heard it. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins even too. So there's just a, a lot of guys behind him I would rather have. And so that means he's way too early. Probably going in the fifth or sixth for me. Um, in the fifth, uh, Jimmy G and I, I've kind of bought or carried the flag for this the last uh, couple months. Jimmy G hasn't done anything special to me. I get he's in a Shanahan system, but again, there are guys behind him. I would much rather have, uh, Lamar Jackson, who I ended up trading, uh, for, or to get for Jimmy G, um, Kirk Cousins, Again, Matt Stafford. I, I like Darnold's at the end of Darnold's season last season. Phillip Rivers still probably has two or three good seasons. Like, there's a ton of guys behind him I would rather have. And I think people are too high on Jimmy G because of a five game win streak at the end of 2017. And he's in a Shanahan system, even though he hasn't done anything special. And then finally, in the sixth, I have Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is who he is. He's not going to be a wide receiver one, except for that one year where he had nine touchdowns, which was an anomaly, by the way, because every other year he's had four or five touchdowns. Last season, he did it again. He produced 950 some odd yards, four touchdowns. That's just who he is. He's, he's a good wide receiver too, but there are guys with higher upsides behind him in guys like Godwin, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton. There's just a lot better wide receivers, a lot, um, a lot of guys with higher ceilings I would rather have. So if you're looking for like that consistency wide receiver too, great, but I would rather take a chance on guys later or that you can get later. Agree yeah. on Winston, agree on Landry, Jimmy G. I, I, I mean, if anything, he's too low for me, but, um, I, I, uh, I'm definitely, interested in continuing the conversation on kind of that that tier of of mid uh you know mid-level quarterbacks going forward yeah i think i i agree with all of them I, there are some guys behind jimmy g um that i think i'd rather have over him um jimmy g is probably the one that i i'm i least dis uh, least agree with um i think he's he's still a little too high. I'd like to see him a little bit lower, but Jameis Winston going ahead of all those guys, including Jimmy G just gives me a headache. It just, it, it should make me smile because while somebody's wasting a fourth round pick on Jameis Winston, the value is just falling to me, but it, it doesn't, it gives me an absolute headache that he is going that high and he is that highly valued over the guys that, that are going behind him. I mean, that's, that's insane to me. There is no way, I want Jameis Winston and what little he has proven to me that he can do at the quarterback position. I mean, this guy was fighting to regain his job from Ryan Fitzpatrick last year after he came back from a suspension. I mean, this guy got benched for Fitzpatrick again during a part of the season. There's no way. I want no part of Jameis Winston at all, especially at that ADP. No, I'm good. I'm good. That, uh, that to me, um, Stompy, you absolutely nailed it. He is going way too high in my opinion. Not to mention they were talking about cutting or not giving him that fifth-year option. So that tells you they have questions about him on that team. Yeah. Some, at some point, we need to devote an entire episode to, to some narratives. 
I've been accused of being very narrative driven. I can create some for all three of these guys, not even create them. I can just regurgitate them for you guys. And I'm not going to do it this episode. We need to get to it another time, but um, there's a, that's the big one for me with Jameis Winston. I know that, that everybody wants to, to be high on him because of Bruce Arians and the fact that he's running a Bruce Arians offense, but just a sneak preview. I think it's kind of the opposite. I think Bruce Arians is there because he's the guy who can get away with shipping off your, you know, first overall pick. Um, your, uh, you know, your, your franchise quarterback who's still young, but yeah, we'll get to that another episode. So let's get to some players who are too low in the four five and six rounds. And what do you got James? Yeah, we got cold porridge in all these rounds. First off is Sony Michelle for me. Um, he's 37th um, going off the board at the 4.01. And just some of the other running backs that are going ahead of him is why I, I think that this is just a little bit too low. Um, like I said, in general, I'm lower on the running backs uh, than this ADP would indicate. But um, I, I definitely have Sony Michelle going ahead of guys like Darius Geis. Uh, yeah, Wavion Bell is great talent, but he's got a lot of wear and tear and he, a really uncertain situation. Sony Michelle doesn't have that. I, You know, uh, there are some other guys too. I might take them over David Johnson and Delvin Cook. I'd put them in a tier with those guys um, just because I think what he had proven to me is that, you know, New England – they're not going to rely on Tom Brady to drop back and throw the ball 35, 40 times anymore. This is going to be a run heavy team in my opinion. And I think Sony Michelle benefits from that. He showed enough to me late in the year that, you know, he can be that bell cow type guy, even though new England traditionally doesn't use one of those. I, I think Sony Michelle's a guy they're going to ride a lot. So I, I really like Sony Michelle. I'm higher on him than the consensus. I think, or at least his ADP is um, where, where his ADP is at in these um, AJ Green's another guy. He's at 54 at the 5.06. And uh, he's another guy. I mean, just some of the names that are going ahead of AJ Green, I just, I can't get on board with guys. I, 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 I just can't. I mean, um, you know, I can get on board with some of these guys. I mean, you know, that are going out of them, but, but guys like, uh, you know, at the receiver position, T.Y. Hilton, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, uh, Brandon Cooks, even these are guys. I would take AJ Green over all those guys. I think AJ Green's being disrespected just because he's had a couple of down seasons. He's had a couple of years where he's been hurt. But when AJ Green is right, AJ Green is is a top ten, top twelve fantasy wide receiver. So, um, you know, I think that the the narrative has gone too far with him uh, as far as you know everyone being down on him and the injuries and such. So, I think he's ranked too low. And my last guy in the sixth round is Philip Lindsay. Uh, he's rigged uh, 69, giggity, giggity, uh, going at the 6.09 12-team uh, drafts. I figured you'd like that, John. Uh, but Philip Lindsay, it's, it, he he is so drastically underrated. Right now, his value is is plummeting. It, he's, he's at 69. It wouldn't shock me if that continued to go down. Uh, because people just aren't buying what Philip Lindsay did last year. They don't think that it's a long-term thing. But, look, I saw more from Philip Lindsay than I did from Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman isn't – his value isn't skyrocketing. So what do people think? Do people think Denver's in the market for a running back? I don't. Well, then do you think that neither of those guys are going to be effective? Because I don't think that either. So, obviously, the narrative here has got to be that, you know, I, people don't – buy into the Denver offense, but it wasn't all that good last year. And Philip Lindsay still put up good numbers. <clears throat> I'm buying Philip Lindsay at, uh, at that, that startup ADP. He's just ranked too low. He should be higher. He's going to have opportunities, going to get carries. And um, I still think he's going to be very productive. I don't see any reason why it would drop off. So 
uh, what do you guys think? What do you, what do you think, uh, John? Where, where, uh, where am I at here? Am I way off? I did name two running backs. So, yeah. And I, I, I'm trying my best to forgive you for that. The tougher part is Sony Michelle trying to push him into the third round and maybe beyond that is, mm-hmm. is tough for me because I mean, just based on where I've got running backs ranked, that means you're kind of, you're likely taking Sony Michelle to be your RB one. And you're, you know, you would have to take him before you take your first wide receiver. Uh, it, so uh, if anything, I think I would, I would feel more comfortable with Sony Michelle, you know, in the mid to late fourth personally, but um, I, you know, it, it, in terms of where he's at with the, the rest of the running backs, I definitely agree. Uh, and then the other two I'm, I'm, I'm on board with um, that, you know, Philip Lindsay, it, it, you're getting him as your running back too. To me, that's, that's a steal. And that's another narrative that we'll get to a, on our narratives only show. <laughs> and then, uh, and AJ green is going to be your wide receiver too. And uh, you know, to get him in the middle of the fifth round, I would be absolutely thrilled, um, you know, to be able to pair him with, you know, some of the guys, you know, a uh, uh, Michael Thomas or a Devonte Adams. Yeah. Um, M- Michelle's tough. I-, I think I somewhat agree, but I just don't know how much higher I would be taking him, I guess is the question. Um, I probably take him ahead of Darius guys, maybe Lev Bell, but that's about it for me. So really, I don't know. Maybe you can get him in the middle of the third, but I'm not putting him that much higher. Um, AJ Green, I completely agree. You're talking about a guy who is a super consistent over, who has been super consistent over his career and had basically one bad season with injuries. And all of a sudden he's dropping into the fifth round. And he's probably going to put up wide receiver one numbers again next season. So uh, if you can get a wide receiver one in the fifth, that's fantastic. And then finally, Philip Lindsay, I get, and, and I've been one to tell people to sell Philip Lindsay, but maybe not now because Philip Lindsay going in the sixth round is kind of crazy to me when you're, when you consider that he finished as a top 16 running back, I believe. Um, in PPR. Yeah. So he was sorry. He was 13th in PPR. Mm-hmm. So he was borderline RB one and he didn't even get that many touches. He had 192 carries. So for him to go in the sixth, like I think he's going to regress a little bit, but when you can get like a mid mid tier RB two, that, I mean, those last two are absolute steals to me. All right. Some players who are just right for their ADP in that same range. And I'm just going to fire through these real quick without a whole lot of explanation, because I have a feeling that my, uh, my sixth round guy is going to get some blowback. So, Matt Ryan at 404, 40th overall, quarterback 11. Um, I both overall and uh, where he's at among quarterbacks to me is is right where he belongs. Um, it, you know, any higher than that, and where it's a recency bias 
issue. Cooper Cup at 5'11", 59th overall, wide receiver 20. You know, I mentioned him as somebody who could really be in the conversation as a high-end wide receiver too. Um, but uh, putting him, you know, kind of in the middle of that wide receiver, it, towards the end of the wide receiver uh, wide receiver two group is, uh, is, is about right. Cooper cup is kind of the, the perfect PPR wide receiver two. And then Devonta Freeman, he's going at the end of the sixth round, six eleven, seventy first 71st overall running back 22. And I think that that is the, the perfect spot for him. I think that any higher than that, he starts to – you're you're taking on more risk than you should at that point in the draft and much lower, and he becomes – you know, he, he then we're getting into sleeper territory. I mean, he's, he's one spot ahead of Kareem Hunt for running backs, and Kareem Hunt is, you know, just a total lotto ticket guy. I think to, I, as much as I don't like Devonta Freeman and, you know, where we're going – the trajectory that we're on with him as far as the injuries go, I feel a million times more comfortable with Devonte Freeman than I do with cream hunt. Yeah, I don't, I'll be honest. Let's start with Matt Ryan. I have no problem with, with uh, him being just right at QB 11. I'm on board with that. Um, I don't really have much of a problem with Devonte Freeman being running back 22. Honestly, he's probably a little lower for me, but I, I think that's about right. I mean, I just don't want people to overvalue him thinking, you know, of, of the glory days with him. And that's what I'd concern people or caution people on is not to overdraft him. But I think as a low end why, uh, running back two is, is probably about right. I mean, I don't know that. I think that's about where I'd start feeling comfortable. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Cooper Cup to me, I, I'm, I, I just have Cooper Cup valued a lot higher than most people. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I understand why people are are cautious with him and kind of why he's he's ranked where he is. Uh, wide receiver twenty, I think, is okay. But I mean, there, I, I, I you're going to take two Rams wide receivers over Cooper Cup. I I can't I can't I can't justify if, if Cup is healthy. I can't justify putting Robert Woods over him. I can't justify um, putting Corey Davis over him. I, there are just some guys that are going ahead of him that I just don't, I think I take him probably a full round earlier than where he's, he's currently going. So that's just me and, and, and where I'm at with Cooper cup. And I know that I have him valued higher than most, and I'm going to end up with him a lot in startups because of that. Um, but I, I just, that's, that's kind of the only one that I guess I would, would raise an eyebrow for me personally. Uh, but the other two, the, the two Falcons I'm on board with. So we're going to start this conversation again there, James. Uh Oh, about Robert Woods is that is that what we want to do? We want to fight about Robert Woods again? No, no, not at all. I I I'm still on board with Robert Woods, maybe even being a, a usable wide receiver, which I was not willing to admit usable previously. Wide a usable wide fantasy wide, wide receiver. receiver, but Cooper Cup. I, I I tell you right now, Stompy, I am willing to place a wager that Cooper Cup outscores Robert Woods this fantasy season. I'll, I'll I'll take that wager all day. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so we we we've got one. We're, we'll have to decide the terms and announce it on our next pod, our next episode of the podcast here. Yes. Okay. That is not the part that I thought that would be controversial. Well, <laughs> but I'll take it. Listen, to this Cooper Cup is one year younger than Robert Woods, and Robert Woods has 
five, four more seasons than Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. a better, two better seasons than Cooper Cup. Well, I, I, I let's let's give give Cooper Cup, give Cooper Cup the years that Robert Woods has had, and I'm sure that that would. I, I Robert Woods has just been. I he, look, he had 1,219 receiving yards this last this last yes. year, right? He oh. never eclipsed a thousand before that, never. Okay. His his targets his targets were one thirty. He never eclipsed one hundred five before that. As a matter of fact, there has been two seasons where he's eclipsed a hundred targets out of the what the six seasons that he's played. I mean, it's just there. I I just don't see twelve hundred nineteen receiving yards. Even that is a total outlier from where he's been in his career. I just don't see that as sustainable. Seasons. Well, no, even 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 what West. 2017. In 2017, he had 781 receiving yards, not even close to the 1219 that he had. How many games did he miss, James? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he he played in 12 games, so he did he miss four games. For 1040 last season. Well, I, I I guess if we're gonna play the on pace game, sure, yeah, we can we can do that. This he, isn't an. He also well well he he also only played 14 games his rookie year. He also only played 10 games. Yeah, but who did he play for, and who was his quarterback? Uh, okay, but he played for the Rams for two seasons, and either way, he didn't eclipse a thousand yards. He wasn't even—I, I, he just didn't. Twelve hundred nineteen yards is an outlier. There's no he way, played, no other way to put it. Played a there full is, seat, and he got. He, I mean, he the last two seasons he's have been his best seasons, and he has been on pay, or he's basically matched his numbers each of the last two seasons. I don't. I, okay, I don't know. I, his his second season in Buffalo, he had nine more receptions. He had eighty-two less receiving yards, but he had just as many touchdowns. I don't. I mean, that was that was right right in line. I mean, who's right his quarterback? Well, I'm saying uh, two years ago when, or you know, not this past season, but the season previous, you know, he he was he was with the Rams. He had Jared Goff as his quarterback, and his second year in Buffalo, he put up almost the same numbers. Um, so I, I guess I'm just saying that I, I don't see 1,200 yards as being sustainable. I just don't. Not as a number three wide receiver in that offense. I, I'll even I will. The oh boy, you are just wanting to start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I am. Cooper like, Cup is going to outscore Robert Woods, and I'm not even also, not even worried even about it. This down, he will do. He will break a thousand yards receiving again next year, and he will get six or more touchdowns again next year. I, and that still won't be good enough to that. That'll be the number three wide receiver in the uh, the Los Angeles Rams offense, because okay. both Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup will outscore him. That's what I'm saying. Last year. Well, how many games did he play last year? I, how even, many games did Cup play last year, Stompy? Per game oh, basis. Oh, all right. Now, 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 all of a sudden, that argument doesn't hold water. No, it does. All right, but. Man, Brandon, where, where, where isn't even Brandon Cooks on here? All right, so this, we, we have our bet. Sorry, all right. Let me. Yes, let we me have our bet. On Matt Ryan, I think I agree. Um, Jameis Winston's ahead of him. I would take him ahead of Jameis Winston, but it's around the same area. And Devontae Freeman, I've I've already said I'm high on Devontae Freeman this year, um, but. I, I I think I'm okay with where he's being taken overall. I just personally would take him ahead of guys like Damian Williams, Tariq Cohen, 
Marlon Mack, um, that's probably where I'd be taking him. So I, I would be taking him at the end of the fifth, beginning of the sixth, rather than the end of the sixth. Cool. We'll definitely have to revisit the Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks theme. It got it is, yeah, that got yeah. Fun. That and got that's fun. that's what we need. We need more of that. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna highlight some of these that uh, that we've got some of these points of contention that we've got, and uh, we're gonna revisit them for sure. All right, rapid fire time as we get to the later rounds. So we're gonna go round seven, eight, and nine, and start with James on the players who are too high. Yeah, I'm going to start with uh, Evan Ingram. Um, he's 76 overall going to 7.04. I just, in, in a 12 team, he's going to the 7.04. I just, I, I, I don't value tight ends that way. Um, and so I just, I would rather wait on tight ends. I have Evan Ingram in a similar tier with several others. So I just wait. Uh, Sammy Watkins going at 95 at the 8.11. Uh, 8 um, I, I just, I'm not a believer in Sammy Watkins. There are guys going later than him, like uh, James Washington that have higher ceilings that are younger that I think you can get more out of. So I'm, I'm, I'm passing on him at that. I think he's going too high at his current ADP and Eric Ebron at one one. He's a 9.05. Again, he's another tight end that I have in that that's secondary group. And I, I just, I'd rather wait. I'd rather wait till the 11th and 12th round, grab a guy like Vance McDonald and just enjoy the production there as opposed to reaching for a guy like Ebron. So um, that's kind of the guys who I think are too high in round seven, eight, nine, John, uh, who's too low. So the guys in, who are too low, Cortland Sutton at 705, uh, that's 77th overall. So he's essentially going as a wide receiver three and I get it. You know, there's, there's some question marks all over that offense right now, but this is going to be the wide receiver one for years to come. And there is a plan at quarterback and it's not Joe Flacco. I don't know for sure what it is just yet. It might be drew lock. Um, I, uh, um, but, you know, I think that there are some sentiments here that, uh, that hope that that's not necessarily the case, but anyways, there are, there's a long-term plan at quarterback beyond Joe Flacco Keep in mind that this is dynasty and that this is a guy who's going to have continuity at quarterback uh, as early as 2019. Uh, Hunter Henry at 806, 90th overall, and Alshon Jeffrey at 812, 96th overall are both too low for me. And then Chris Carson at 901, 97th overall. I still believe that he is the running back to own in Seattle. I think Rashad Penny might get an opportunity, but I don't think he can overcome Chris Carson, or I think he would have done it in 2018. What do you got, Stomp, for players who are just right? So in the seventh round, I have uh, Chris Godwin at 74th overall, the 7.02. Um, he might be able to go even a little bit higher, but in a Bruce Arians-led offense, I think he's going to take another step forward. He finishes wide receiver 26 last season. I think he can finish as a wide receiver two this season, especially with Jason Jackson and possibly Adam Humphreys gone. So I, I definitely think that Chris Godwin is in a, a perfect situation uh, to finish as a wide receiver two around uh, going around the same guys as a, uh, or same as Sammy Watkins and Alshon Jeffrey. Um, in the eighth, I have Christian Kirk at 8.08. .08. And now he showed flashes last season. And I think that Josh Rosen is going Rosen is going to take a step forward this season with Cliff Cliff Kingsbury there. 
And I think that means that uh, Christian Kirk will get a, a little bit more work, look a lot better. And then going into the future, this is, we all, we we keep saying this, but this is likely Larry Fitzgerald last season. He probably is going to survive until fifty. But um, Christian Kirk looks to right now be the wide receiver one moving forward in that slot position, and I think that's a valuable position for the Cardinals and especially in a air raid offense like Cliff Kingsbury's. And then finally. Um, I have a double one here. I think James Washington and Dante Pettis are going right, uh, right around the a good spot um, at 102nd, 103rd overall. There, Washington right now is kind of in limbo, so you could definitely see him climbing with the Antonio Brown situation um, if if they the Steelers do trade Antonio Brown. Dante Pettis, I think, is a little bit underrated. I actually like where he's going here. Um, he also could end up going um, earlier, but he could be a wide receiver two next season, and I would not be surprised to see him go as a wide receiver two next season. All right, in rounds 10, 11, and 12, players who are too high, Antonio Callaway looks left, looks right, whispers. Rashard Higgins is the guy that you want to own in Cleveland. <laughs> Antonio Callaway does absolutely nothing for me. At 10.08, 116th overall, that's still too high for Antonio Callaway. Dallas Goder at 11.07, 127th overall. Noah Font at 11.09 and 129th oh. overall. And TJ Hawkinson at 11.12, 132nd overall. My bigger issue is where these guys are going in terms of tight ends more than anything. Dallas Goder is at least on a roster, but Noah Font we, and TJ Hawkinson, we don't even know where these guys are going to land. I know it sounds like James takes issue with uh, at least Noah Font, and I and I I understand that he is going to be an incredible professional. But what happens if he lands in a similar situation as what happened to Dallas Goder last year, where he lands on a on a team where there's already an alpha at the tight end position? That's my concern. As far as the 12th round, I really have no issues there. Um, I, I they, it, it actually matches up pretty well uh, with my rankings in the 12th round. All right. For guys that are going too low, um, I think Robbie Anderson is actually pretty low here. I would be taking him almost near the – I'm probably the James Washington, Dante uh, Pettis um, area for sure, but almost near Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Robbie Anderson showed a lot towards the end of the season with um, Sam Darnold. Uh, there were three straight double-digit games going forward was, or at the end of the season with Sam Darnold. And I think moving forward, if – they do bring Robbie Anderson back that you will see that chemistry kind of take more shape as Robbie Anderson's kind of the deep ball guy. And Sam Darnold has a good arm uh, for, uh, for the New York jets. So I, I think Robbie Anderson's pretty low there. I'm actually fine with um, 11 or round 11 here. I, this is where a lot of rookies are being taken. And I think this is about right where I would start taking chances Um on rookies because some of the guys behind them have a lot of concern. So I'm okay with where guys are going in the 11th round. Um, and then finally 
in the 12th round. And this might be the most egregious uh, one on this list for me. It's D.D. Westbrook going 136th overall. He was the wide receiver 24 last season in an awful QB situation. And it likely only gets better from here. Um, we hear rumors of Nick Foles to the Jaguars, which honestly is going to be better than um, Borles and whatever his backup's name was. Um, so I think D.D. Westbrook going 136th overall as in finishing as a wide receiver to- 24 this last season is – I, I, I guess I don't understand what people are thinking here. Yeah, I think I like all those, Stompy. I'm, uh, I'm on the players who are who are just right in the 10th, 11th, and 12th round. Uh, so I'll go over those real quick. Jordan Howard at 115. I don't think any of us are all that high on Jordan Howard. Um, but at 115 overall, he's going at the 10.07 of 12-team uh, mocks. And that's about right. I mean, look, in the 10th round, you're drafting. Maybe you're running back three. Maybe you're running back four, depending on, on how your draft fell. But... I think that's about right. I, I think, you know, Jordan Howard has the ceiling of being a running back too, I think, you know, in, in Chicago, but he's also got that floor of being phased out and just not being fantasy relevant. So there's some risk there, but it, at the end of the 10th round, I'm okay with it. Uh, Marvin Jones is another guy, you know, he's a high ceiling, high reward type guy. He's a guy who, at, you know, is going 128 overall. Um, you can have him at the 11.08 spot in these uh, super flex mocks. And I think that's about right. There's you know, his, his risk factor is baked into that price. And so I think that's okay. I think at 128, I'm reaching for a guy who, um, or not reaching, I think I'm taking a guy who has a higher ceiling than that, um, but also has a lower floor. So, you know, the waiter in the draft at, at these rounds, the 10th and 11th, that's the kind of players I'm looking for. And my, my last guy going in the, uh, in the 12th round is Joe Flacco. Look, Joe Flacco is going to be, uh, he's, uh, even if Denver drafts someone, I expect Joe Flacco to start more games in Denver than anybody else. Um, I just do. He's he's going to be a veteran. He's This is his first time we're going to see him outside of Baltimore. The, the Baltimore Ravens have had a conservative game plan for as long as I can remember. They've never been a team that flings the ball around. Let's see what Joe Flacco can do outside of there. Let's see what he could do in that thin Colorado air. I don't know that he's going to be a great quarterback, but in a super flex league at the 12.01, I think he's worth the risk. That is That porridge is just right, gentlemen. I'm, I'm drinking the Joe Flacco porridge. Oh, that sounds terrible. Porridge? That's kind of gross. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I immediately regret my decision in wordplay there. I, I'm not drinking any Joe Flacco porridge. I'm just that <laughs> porridge is just right. <laughs> yeah, they, they need right. to they need to rewrite these fairy tales for uh for modern times. For us millennials, I think they replace porridge with I, I don't avocado, avocado toast, toast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So by the way, I, I love both of you guys as uh 12th rounders. I think that Joe Flacco is, is absolutely worth the shot um, in the 12th round. And DD Westbrook is one of my absolute favorite sleepers this year, but we're going to go to rounds 13 through 20. We're going to finish off this draft with, and we're each going to come up with one player from that range that we're too high on. We're too low on and who we believe are just right. So we're going to start with you, Stompy, with a player who's too high. So this is going to hurt me as a Broncos fan, um, but I think Emmanuel Sanders even being drafted at this point is too high. He is going to be 32 coming off a torn Achilles, which is probably the hardest or one of the hardest injuries to come back from. 
at any age and for it to be at 32, I just cannot see him coming back successfully. He may give it a try, not this season, but in 2020, I just don't see him playing in 2019, which makes him basically undraftable at this point. And speaking of another ACA or another Achilles tear, James, who's your too high guy? Oh, man, look at that transition chops on Stompy. That is impressive. Yeah, my guy is Deonta Foreman, and you, you said it, man. That's just it. That's my main concern with him. Look, he's going in the 15th round, 179th overall. That's not terrible, but you're basically paying for a guy who I don't know is ever going to play football again. Uh, and even even if he does, Alfred Blue actually looked pretty decent last year, backing up Lamar Miller too. So I don't know when he gets up to full speed. I don't know when he gets – you know, if he steps back on the field and if he is 100% ever, I don't know when he's when that's going to be. I, I don't feel comfortable drafting him at all. This is a guy who I think should be sitting on the waiver wire until he proves that he can get back on the field and he can be 100%, which I'm not so sure is going to be ever, uh, to be totally honest with you. So, yeah, um, I, I'm with you with Emmanuel Sanders. And for the same reasons, um, Deonta Foreman is a guy that I'm staying away from. John, who is your guy that you think is too high in these later rounds? Teddy Bridgewater in the 13th round, 151 overall. This is a guy who does not have a starting job, to be clear. We don't even know for sure which roster he's going to be on in 2019. There's a good chance that the Saints bring him back to, you know, to, to is the heir apparent to Drew Brees. I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. You know, there's a good chance that that one of these teams looking for a starting quarterback might be able to lure Teddy Bridgewater. And at that point, he ends up in a starting job and then, you know, fine. 13th round. OK, that I'm, I'm good with that. But with the information that we have at hand, I mean, it all signs point to Teddy Bridgewater continuing to be a backup quarterback. And I have no interest in that in the 13th round. So let's get to the players who are too low and start with James. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate myself for doing this, but I'm going to start with LaShawn McCoy. Um, he's going in the 15th round, 171st overall. And look, LaShawn McCoy had a terrible season, a dreadful season last year. He really did. He didn't look good. Um, he, he, he wasn't, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't have his typical, uh, his typical numbers, his typical output, but Here's the thing with Deshaun McCoy. We are so quick to write off a bad season for a veteran back because we're all ageists in dynasty football. We all look at the age and go, oh, that running back hit 30, and of course his numbers went down, so we want to get off of him. And I just – I don't know – I don't know that that's, that's always the case. I, I think LaShawn McCoy still has a few decent years of fantasy production left in him. I'm not saying that he's ever going to be the LaShawn McCoy that we remember putting up, you know, 1,200, 1,400, 1,600 rushing yards, you know, in a season and multiple, you know, double-digit touchdowns. I don't think that. But I do think he can be a, a usable fantasy asset still. And I think in the 15th round, you're really – I mean, there's there's – he could probably go in the 13th you know, and, and still be a guy who has a ceiling higher than, than where you're taking him. And the 15th round to me, he's just too low. And I, I absolutely hate it. I've never been a huge fan of LaShawn McCoy's to be fully transparent, but I just think at this price tag, um, he, he's, he's probably going too low. There are guys that are going ahead of him that I would much rather have LaShawn McCoy over um, personally. So I, I, LaShawn McCoy is my guy there, guys. John, who do you got? Equinemius St. Brown is going in the 20th round, 235 overall. He's the wide receiver, too, in Green Bay. I don't believe that they're going to address that, that 
that position uh, in the draft and probably not even in free agency. I think that they've got what they need right now on roster. I, even though Randall Cobb leaves and Je- and Geronimo Allison leaves, I think that they're still going to, for the most part, stick with what they've got. That's why they drafted, you know, uh, Javon Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Equinemia St. Brown in 2018 so that they could give those guys an opportunity to step up in 2019 uh, with, uh, with co- both Cobb and Allison leaving in free agency. I, it, it absolutely could be any one of those three guys. For me, it's Equinemia St. Brown is the most likely to emerge. And regardless of who it is, they all should be going much earlier than the 20th round, considering you're talking about the second wide receiver in an Aaron Rodgers offense. I can't wait for Noah Fant to go there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my guy is Jack Doyle in the uh, 16th round. Jack Doyle was the tight end eight last season in terms of points per game. He had three or more targets in every game, four more targets in, um, five of the six games that he played he just was had injuries the guy is on the field 90 percent of the time unlike eric ebron who when jack doyle is in there is only on the field like 30 percent of the snaps so for me jack jack doyle could end up being a tight end um one in next season and and i know that doesn't say much just in terms of the tight end landscape but I think Eric Ebron is due for a regression, especially in those, that touchdown department. And I would not be surprised to see Jack Doyle take over as a tight end one for the Colts. Zero argument here. So we'll get to the players who are just right. And I'm going to start with Gus Edwards, 1311, 155th overall. I still, I, I, I still think that Le'Veon Bell lands in Baltimore. I think that that's where this is headed, but if he doesn't, I don't think they address the position. I don't think, I mean, maybe they draft somebody for some bench depth. And like I said earlier, there, you know, that could be somebody who commands a little bit of a role. But I think that Kenneth Dixon is the pass catcher and Gus Edwards is the early downs guy, unless they make a run at Le'Veon Bell to consolidate that position. So, my guy, my just right guy is Jordan Reed. In the 18th round, and the reason he is just right for me is this basically tells me that we're about done with Jordan Reed. I think we've given him enough chances, and he just has not lived up to it except for that one season. When he's been on the field, he's been great. He's been Rob Gronkowski levels of great. But that is the issue is he's never on the field, and it happened again this year where he was dealt with injuries. Overall, he wasn't didn't have a great season. Um, and I'm just, I think people are starting to get fed up with Jordan Reed and it seems like we're just about done with taking chances on Jordan Reed. I love it. I, I went the same route as Stompy. I actually took Devonte Parker, who is 213th overall, who's one spot ahead of Jordan Reed. And I did, I did it for the same reasoning. It, it tells me that the, the fantasy and the dynasty community is, is pretty much done with Devonte Parker. And it, 
it's it's time. It's time. We uh, Demonte Parker's had chance after chance after chance, and he just hasn't hasn't performed up to his draft capital or anywhere near it. Um, he's not a usable fantasy asset. It's time to uh, to let Devontae Parker go to the waiver wire um, and be you know a guy who at best can be a a waiver wire. Uh, you know, a one-week replacement, you know, a bi-week replacement type guy on the waiver wire. So uh, I, I kind of went the same route. I found a guy that the Dynasty community is pretty much done on um, based on the ADP, and I, I'm patting them on the back. Good job. It's time to let some of these guys go, and Devontae Parker is one of them, in my opinion. And that is how you break down Superflex ADP. That's the story of Goldie Flex, and they all lived happily ever after. I actually don't remember how that story ended. I, I'm sure it's not that they all lived happily ever after. I'm sure the they, bears ate the girl. Yeah, that's that seems like the most likely scenario, or at least chased her off. Uh, but it, that's that's one of those that they wrote the rest of the story as with a you know kind of a moral, but didn't really think about how to end it. So yeah, I, I'm sure it was violent. I'm sure it was brutal. <laughs> um, which uh, which is how. Uh, more fairy tales should probably go. They should reflect real life rather than they all lived happily ever after. But we're going to wrap it up there for the week. And as we do ask you for a quick favor, if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, the mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcasters give you the option, but the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach and get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation so that we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter. It's at Superflex Show for the show itself, and you can also send them to any one of us individually. Stompy's at FF Stompy. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah,